I choose to dance If I choose to grow If I choose to laugh And watch the flow everyone. Welcome to Music Emerging's Inspiring Talks. I'm your host, Cynthia Brando, and you can find Music Emerging on the web at www.musicemerging.com. And I'm glad I'm here to do another Sunday Inspiring Talks podcast. I've got a great guest for you, Jessica Gerhardt. So I'm really excited about that. And I hope you tuned in last Sunday when we had my guest Siege. That was a really good one. I enjoyed that a lot. And so it's been a lot of fun doing these podcasts. We're getting into holiday season, which is probably my least favorite time of year. Not much of a holiday person, um, unless it has real significant meaning to me. I guess I just don't like the commercialization of holidays. (laughs) So I kind of usually retreat during this time. You know, I'm not really into Christmas music so much, but... I am trying to sell my handmade items that I make for holiday season because a lot of people are looking for gifts. So I've been really busy with that. And I've, I've so far I've put these handmade and hand dyed bandanas that I make on my Facebook page and I've been selling them and I'm trying to open up a little store and it's like, I just realized today, oh my gosh, it's December 13th. I don't know if I'm going to make it <laughs> in time to really to really get it out there because I'm sure most people have probably already bought their gifts, but I'm going to do a little more today. That's what I've been working on, but to get to the podcast, I'm excited because not only is my guest, Jessica Gerhardt, a very talented musician, but she's also got this really interesting life in her work with, with um, the Catholic church. And we're actually going to be talking a lot about that because that, infuses into her music and into her her personal life a lot and so her music is influenced by that and her work with the ministry so we're going to talk about a lot about that i just want to say that all the podcasts are archived at the music emerging website and if you click on inspiring talks and then podcast you can find all the podcast archived there so with that let me read you jessica's bio from her website and so you can find jessica at www.jessicagerhart.com, and she spells her name J-E-S-S-I-C-A, Jessica, and then Gerhart is G-E-R-H-A-R-D-T.com, jessicagerhart.com. So I'm on her bio, Jessica Gerhart is a singer-songwriter and ukuleleist from Santa Monica who first began writing songs at the age of eight. After receiving a ukulele as a birthday gift, she began teaching herself to play when she was 14, and it became her primary songwriting tool. In 2016, she recorded a cover of Emmylou Harris's Little Bird under the name Feronia, which was highly acclaimed and featured on the two Emmylou tribute album with a number of prolific L.A. artists. She also has contributed auxiliary vocals in an L.A. band Hotel for Strangers until late 2016. She took a break for a few years from actively playing out with her original music, but then she returned under her own name, creating powerful music that explores depth, vulnerability, and intentionality in relationships with the release of her single, Be My Hands, the title track off of her five-song EP produced by Patrick Doyle. 
The music video for the title track was premiered in Ear Milk in January 2019, followed by the release of the single Aquarius, which we're playing on this podcast, in February 2019, and a cover of Joan Armitrading's The Weakness in Me in April 2019. The Be My Hands EP was released June 2019, followed by West Coast and East Coast Tour in July. So with that, I want to introduce you to my guest this week, Jessica Gerhardt. Hello, Jessica. Hey, how's it going? Hi. The first song that I looked on your YouTube channel was called Aquarius. Oh, um, of, yes. Of course, that that struck me because I'm an Aquarius. And oh, very nice. Are you? I'm not. I okay. dated a couple of different Aquariuses. Aquarii. Back Aqu- back. Aquarii. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I kind of just was... Um, sort of feeling like, I don't know, it could be confirmation bias, could just be like, you know, we make the schemas that we make, but I was noticing certain patterns and the personalities and behaviors of the guys that were all Aquariuses that I was dating and attracted to. Yeah, I like the words to that song. Um, A lot of people don't know that the Aquarian is an air sign, but also a water bearer, which I think is interesting. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm a Scorpio, which is a water sign. And so that was kind of why it kind of played well with my um, sort of imagery in the song because I'm a water sign, but I'm I'm also just personally very um, interested in astronomy and I love stargazing and reading about the mythology of the skies. So for me, like the lyrics like your sky is the sea my sea is the sky is kind of about the fact that the constellation Aquarius is actually in a region of the sky that's known as the sea but um I also that my sea is the sky because I love swimming in stars in a in the sense of just love getting kind of lost in stargazing and yeah yeah I like that line that line a lot I picked up on that beautiful yeah really cool your very active in the Catholic community. And I was looking at this Keep It Simple. That's a podcast or something that you do, right? It's like a monthly show that I do via Zoom. And um, actually, like so many people are doing podcasts. So I was like, man, I could have been turning these into podcasts. I haven't been recording all of them. I've been sort of trying to figure out the best way to to do them. Um, and they they're, yeah, they've basically just been fun conversations and, like, um, experiences of, um, yeah, just taking turns playing songs and um, dialoguing with people. Um, so it hasn't become a podcast yet, but... Um, so it's a Zoom. Yeah, it's a Zoom, yeah, it's an event. Um, and basically, it started because... My grandma passed away um, last year in March, and as I was moving through just grief and spiritual questioning, just like existential questioning, like where is my grandma now that she is no longer alive on the earth, and like that I, you know, saw her one moment while she was still alive, and then like a few days later, she was like in a box of ashes, and it was very, yeah, just like hard to process that, and... So the song kind of 
I wrote it inspired by like conversations that I'd had with her while she was alive mm-hmm. because she was a very devout Catholic. And um, when we would get into like theological, spiritual debates, we, or not even debates, just like conversations um, where I'd be asking all kinds of questions and kind of probing, she would always like enjoy those conversations. But when she'd start to see me getting really restless and, and willful, she would say, you know, um, Jesse, just keep it simple. And it wasn't a matter of trying to shut down my questioning, but more an invitation to examine, just like to reflect on what are the simple things that I know to be true and to hold on to those rather mm-hmm. than kind of getting caught up in a lot of the things that I'm not ever really going to have answers for. And, um, I mean, Catholicism uh, has very specific ideas about death, right? It does. Um, in some senses, um, there are certain beliefs as far as like, you know, the concepts of purgatory and heaven and hell and but I also think even our understanding of those things is very diverse. There are some Catholics who are very anxious about, you know, hell. And then there, there is theological room to hope that hell is empty and that every person at some point um, has a reckoning with God and their soul, rather than going to hell, goes, moves through a purgation where it becomes purified and, like, ready to be fully united with God. Um, and I tend to lean more into that camp and to mm-hmm. take a stance of not being as anxious about hell, but more in love with this like divine love that is the God that I understand, uh, God to be. And just in having a longing and a desire for all people to be able to be drawn into that love, whatever their own concept of that love is. Um, but yeah, so keep it simple ended up being the release show for my single, uh, that I, uh, released a recording of that song that I wrote about my grandmother and the release show was a kind of just me and one other artist brother James um, he and I took turns playing songs and sharing kind of stories behind those songs and having a conversation about our relationship with really religion and spirituality and how that those um, ideas kind of played out in our songwriting and so the series sort of evolved because after that night and all the it was a house show it was a living room concert in my apartment and so many people were kind of chiming into the conversation and sharing their own stories and so I thought you know it'd be really cool to have a house or to have kind of a series and then when COVID hit I was like well you know I can try to still do this via Zoom so it's sort of turned into a monthly space for artists for me and one other artist to kind of have a conversation about our faith and take turns sharing songs and stories, but then also inviting all the audience members to be a part of that dialogue and to share their own stories and to share what resonates in those songs for them. And Mm -hmm. so it's like a concert Mm -hmm. conversation kind of thing. What about what happened? 
I'm trying. Yes, I'm trying to believe. As the sun falls down and the leaves turn gold, you're with me. You're with me. When snowflakes fall on my cheeks and nose, you kiss me. You're with me. 
Yeah, it's cool. I was looking on your site because you devote a whole page to your ministry. And I, I was not brought up in a Catholic household with my parents, but my grandparents were devout Catholics. And, oh, wow. and I was raised by them a lot. I would be with them a lot of the times and go to church with them. And I, it's like reading on your website, it's definitely not the Catholicism of my grandparents because <laughs> it says some topics I especially love to speak on are how to love well on sex, chastity, relationships, dating, feminism, and the Virgin Mary, pride and humility, race and privilege. So, yeah, it's way different than yeah. my grandparents' Catholicism. Well, yeah, I was actually working full-time until June of last year as a full-time youth minister for about eight years. Um, I worked in youth ministry and I still do some speaking and some contracting for, like, consulting for different um, parishes and, like, different events they have with teens. Um, I recently spoke uh, as one of the presenters for the Fem Catholic Women's Conference this year, which is a feminist Catholic blog that I am a contributing writer for. Because um, I've, I've definitely always been a feminist, but started identifying as one in college and don't see feminism and Catholicism as being contradictions or in conflict with one another, but very much see feminism as very much within what Catholicism, you know, is and ought to be. Um, so that's my, my experience of it. And I enjoy kind of sharing about how I see those working together. And yeah. Yeah. It's probably, a place like Los Angeles might be more diverse and open to these, I mean, not new to you maybe, but just new, fresh ideas in Catholicism. But do you think there is a backlash against feminism and whatnot in, in the Catholic community in general? Yeah, and I've seen it. Um, I don't think it's intrinsic to the faith. Um, and there have been popes who have spoken about feminism. Mm -hmm. um, pope John Paul II, for, um, for all his foibles, uh, <laughs> he did speak of a, a new feminism that he was encouraging and calling women to. And I think that he was sort of speaking, using the word feminism and, and speaking about it in terms of like a, a Catholic understanding of what that can be, but trying to speak to the inherent dignity of women because there is a lot of misogyny and misinterpretation of scripture within uh, a lot of Catholic circles. Um, and it is very regional too. I mean, uh, my goddaughter lives in Lincoln, Nebraska, which is the only diocese that doesn't allow women to be altar servers. Um, and in, it, it's kind of, you know, mind boggling that there would be that kind of a restriction in the 21st century, but um, that's still something that the church is wrestling with um, as a whole. So I am hopeful that as voices, feminist voices within the church continue to show the harmony and to, and the image of Jesus as a person who was a feminist himself uh, and Mary, um, that there will be kind of more of a reconciliation of, of those two ideas and um, hopefully a more fully lived out Catholicism that, does better uphold the equality and dignity of men and women. Yeah, that's awesome. I was going to ask you, too, with your faith and music, especially during this weird time with COVID and 
I mean, it, it's made me reevaluate my Buddhist practice and just has it has it has deepened during this time. And I was wondering mm -hmm. um, if that, that happened with you during this <laughs> crazy COVID oh, times. Like how my faith has or has deepened, you mean? Yeah. Did it change at all during these times? Yeah, um, it has. It's. I mean, I was also a worship leader, so I was singing every Sunday with my band uh, at church. And then when everything kind of changed, they were starting to limit just me and one accompanist. Mm. And then the church where I was leading worship kind of cut a lot of their services. So they only have like a couple different services. So they don't, I'm not currently singing at that church. But then I kind of fortunately was um, offered a music ministering, music ministry position at another parish. So I've been singing there in the mornings, just solo playing ukulele and singing. Um, and so, you know, I'm still able to go and, and be at a liturgy and receive the Eucharist, but for a period of time when we were just watching masses, um, at home, um, my roommate and I, um, it was interesting. And in some ways I felt a little bit of a disconnect from my sense of Catholic identity and faith because so much of the idea of mass and church and is, is the community aspect. And when you can't yeah. come together with other people, there's like this strange sense of disconnect, but I would say one thing that was neat was like we would pause the live stream of mass after, um, you know, the homily was completed, and then we would kind of just my roommate and I would like talk about, well, what did what what did the readings and the and the preaching kind of bring up for us? Like what stirred in us? And so we'd have like a face conversation about it, which is something that you don't really get to do at mass because you're there. The homily finishes, you have like a moment of silence, if that, yeah. and then move on to the creed and then the rest of the mass so there's no real conversation or dialogue so that was a kind of neat practice that we started during quarantine and also for me I think coming into a better trying to cultivate better habits of personal prayer time and for me it looks like just contemplation and um, imaginative prayer which is uh, kind of in the tradition of Saint Ignatius of Loyola just being able to sit with my eyes closed and breathe and imagine the person of Christ Jesus sitting next to me and, you know, kind of bringing my issues and my questions and my stresses to him and just having a dialogue or reading a scripture passage and imagining myself in that passage as one of the characters in that passage and just noticing what I feel and how that kind of plays into or applies to certain other things going on in my life. And that practice has been really fruitful for me, um, practically speaking. Um, so I try to keep it up, but it is hard to have structure and routine and, you know, be focused during this sort of endless Groundhog Day that is <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yeah, Groundhog Day. <laughs> it feels like that a little. It's like so yeah. wild to think about how much time has passed and, and to think about how long it's been since I've certain friends or yes. in certain places it feels you know I spend so much time within the walls of my home because I I've pretty much been trying to abide by safer at home orders for the most part during quarantine yes and being a freelancer where I work from home uh unless I'm you know at a venue or touring it's very much uh hard to kind of really see and notice the passing of days and we live in LA so seasons aren't also as obvious so it's like 
the difference between wearing, you know, short sleeve shirts and maybe a <laughs> cardigan or whatever. Yeah, so. it's a, it, we had such a long summer and fall this year. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, before we go, what do you have anything you want to plug? Sure. Um, a song that kind of was just a, an artist date for me, if you're familiar with The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Yeah, um, I haven't read it yet. Oh, I highly recommend. Yes. Weeks, each morning, you write your morning pages, three pages of stream of consciousness writing, and then once a week, you treat yourself to an artist date. Um, so just you and you, your inner artist, anytime one-on-one um and i decided i had this idea for a song inspired by uh saint julian of norwich because she has this quote she says all will be well and all will be well and all manner of things shall be well and uh so i just kind of was inspired by that idea and particularly in like the very uncertain times that we're in i just feel like messages of hope um are important and so I recorded an all-vocal layering um, piece that I called All Will Be Well, and uh, my boyfriend Aaron Lee Jesserin mixed and mastered it, and it's going to be coming out on November 29th, which is also the first Sunday of Advent. So so I'm kind of releasing that for that season of expectant hope. Um, oh, I good. think it's really a song for all people, regardless of your faith or spiritual background. Yeah, I... Uh... I, someone on Instagram actually that I know was saying that they're really down on how many people are calling this time the apocalypse or other negative names because I think mm. those do conjure up deep feelings of just fear and negativity when we hear words like yeah. that it's like okay we're living in an apocalypse like is it really that bad is there no hope and and music is especially important to infuse positivity in people and, mm. and hope so I'm so yeah, glad that you're absolutely. doing that. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm excited to release it, and because I was, I was teasing it out on Bandcamp. Uh, yeah, so I, I was teasing all will be well out on like Bandcamp, but I was like, you know, it feels like a good time to just put it out on all the platforms because a lot of people listen more to music on Spotify than they do to these other platforms like for me oftentimes I will like download people's music from Bandcamp just to support the artist but then I'll like probably do most of my streaming on Spotify yeah um and so I figure you know it might be good to just have it out there for other people to discover and to add to playlists for like prayer and meditation and however people kind of like to mellow out and just uh yeah have it out in the world so nice Well, thanks so much for chatting. Absolutely. Thanks for thinking of me and reaching out. And I hope to chat with you again sometime soon and and maybe collaborate in some other other fashions. Thanks for being so supportive of the music community, too. Oh, yeah. And you, too. You just do so much. And, yeah, we're we're neighbors, so we need to do something. All right. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah, All right. See ya. Bye.
Wow. Yeah, what did you think about that track? That was Jessica's track called Aquarius that was released in 2019. And the track you heard earlier in the podcast was a song by Jessica released in March of this year. And that was called Keep It Simple. So you go to her website at www.jessicagerhart.com, check out her music, write to her, say I love your music, buy some of her music. It's so important for us indie artists to support each other and the community of music lovers to buy our music, to keep it going. So um, she's also a very talented artist too and has an Etsy page. So all of this information is at the musicemerging.com website. Again, you just click on Inspiring Talks, you go to Podcast, you're going to see all of Jessica's information there, along with the other guests that I've had on the podcast, so check it out. Everything's archived there at musicemerging.com. And again, I'm your host, Cynthia Brando, and it's been so great to be here. I just love doing this. You can find out what I'm up to at cynthiabrando.com. And my guest next week is going to be another exciting guest. Um, it's something a little bit different. I have um, someone that I don't know. His name's Imran, and he's from Quasi Particles Records, and he's going to talk about starting his own micro label. So I'm excited about that. And the intro music is a song by mine called Watch the Flow, and the music you're listening to right now, the outro music. So I really appreciate you being here. If you go to the musicemerging.com website, there's a donate link. Everything goes towards music projects and supporting being an independent artist. So I really appreciate that. And I hope you have a good rest of your Sunday. Tune in next week and we'll meet again then. All right. Take care. Watch the flow. Watch.